are listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday, December the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2020. And the hymn we're going to be listening to and examining is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And that is a hymn that I, Pastor Tom Baker, and Mark Smith are going to be examining today. It's a hymn that comes pretty late in the church year, and it is not known who the author was. It was a hymn that's really going to be something that is unique. The translator was John Mason Neal. He was born in 1818, and he is considered to be the most important Anglican hymn writer. He was raised in an Anglican home of the evangelical persuasion, ordained a deacon in 1841, a priest a year later, and it is said that he could read, write, and think in 20 different languages, equipping him better than anyone to bring into English more than 200 hymns from the Greek and Latin texts. He died at age 48 in 1866 on the Transfiguration of Our Lord, and Here's what he had engraved on his tombstone. J.M. Neal, a poor and unworthy priest resting beneath the sign of the cross. He translated 18 hymns that we have in our hymnal, one of them being, of course, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Now, there's something unique about this hymn, and what is that, Pastor Smith? Oh, it's, uh, it's based on some great historic, really ancient antiphons. What uh, is an antiphon? I haven't the slightest. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, oh! oh. I, all I know is I, I know these are these are ancient antiphons uh, that uh, that uh, the hymn is based. And there's about uh, we're given about seven of them here in our hymn. Yeah, printed out in the Lutheran Cathedral of Magdeburg in 1613. They contained twelve, and what the antiphon is. It's a verse that connects the Magnificat, that's the Song of Mary, with the holy day being observed. And it probably came into use 
around the 8th century. Yeah, it's and an ancient so hymn. They start December 17th through the 23rd, and each of them has a title of Jesus and then a petition that follows it. There, in this order, uh, Jesus is wisdom, Lord, root of Jesse, king of David, day spring, king of the nations. And then what does Emmanuel mean? That's the last one. God with us. Sometimes it, sometimes it begins with an I. Uh, sometimes it begins with an E, but it's essentially the same name. It means God with us. And it comes from... Uh, well, it's based, of course, on Isaiah 7:14. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God Himself is with us in Jesus in the flesh, which is, which is, of course, a, a marvelous mystery. Yes, uh, it's made up of three words, Emmanuel, and the last one, L E L, is uh, Hebrew for God. Right. So, and the first one is God with us. So, boy, there's seven of them. Let's see if we can get through them. Can you start with stanza one? I sure will. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly, lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So what we have here is Jesus right away being talked about and an explanation about him. Uh, it, it's kind of, you said it already, Isaiah seven fourteen, which is also found in Matthew 1, 22, verse 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. So what's the significant part of stanza one, in your view? Well, of course, the name, Emmanuel. And it also, it also reminds us of, uh, you know, we think of Israel, who was in exile uh, for a while in, uh, in ancient Babylon, and just like Israel in, ex in exile, so the church or uh, God's people have been in exile as far as being separated from God by sin uh, and, and, and the devil assailing us. And so Emmanuel is uh, coming in the person of Jesus Christ to free us from that terrible exile of sin and death. And the specific word used is and ransom captive right. Israel. And that exile, that exile takes place, of course, also when we're conceived and born in iniquity and sin. That right. baptism is, what is it often considered? Bapti it, baptism is, of course, well, that's when we're freed. Yes, that's when it's kind Christ of. Christ frees us. Exorcism. Right. Yeah, taking the baby from the kingdom of hell to the kingdom of heaven. That's so, right. Stanza two. O come thou wisdom from on high, who orderest all things mightily. 
to us the path of knowledge show and teach us in her ways to go. And then repeating, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So what is this idea about that he, to us, the path of knowledge he's showing? He's the wisdom that is talked about in the Old Testament. He's the, he's, uh, Christ is, of course, uh, uh, the, the wisdom of all, uh, proceeding from the very mouth of God, the Most High, God the Father, pervading and permeating all creation, mightily ordering all things. And we pray, come and teach us the way of prudence. Yes, that might, of course, was the fact that according to John chapter 1, the Son of God, Jesus, the Word made flesh, he created the entire universe. Nothing right. was created that was not created by him. All right. Stanza 3, please. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now, Emmanuel is obviously talking about Jesus. Right. So what is this? I thought the law was given uh, to Moses. Yes, but Jesus, Jesus, of course, spoke to Moses out of the burning bush uh, on, uh, on, on, on Sinai. And, exactly. Uh, so that's, that's Jesus. He says, I am that I am. That, that's none other than Jesus speaking to Moses himself back in the Old Testament. Yes. There are many times that Jesus appears in the Old Testament. Uh, often it is the angel of the Lord he's referred to, and not an angel of the Lord. Uh, for example, when God uh, met with Abraham, there was God and then two angels. Remember, they were right. sent to Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. But Jesus would have been God in that person so that he could appear as a human being prior to his incarnation into the flesh, being conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Right. That's the same Emmanuel that would come someday as the, as the, the little baby born of, of Mary. Yes. Now, in our hymnal, we have the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, but then to the right are the great, what they call, O antiphons, because every one of them starts with O, like O-H, but it's O. Right. And the 19th, which is this verse, O root of jesty, standing as an ensign before the peoples, before whom all kings are mute, to whom the nations will do homage come quickly to deliver us. So that's the purpose of Jesus, to come to deliver us. All right, stanza four. Stanza four. 
O come, thou branch of Jesse's tree, free them from Satan's tyranny that trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Yes, and the antiphon for December the 20th has, Come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death. And that's what verse 4 is about. How do we understand branch of Jesse? I beg your pardon, uh, Tom, but I think you're thinking about the fifth verse. The fourth verse talks about the branch of Jesse. That's uh, that's, Jesse is, of course, the father of, of gr- the great King David. And so we remember that, that Jesus is a son of David, the branch of Jesse. Okay, if you take a look at the Antiphon, so 17, 18, 19, the fourth verse is December 20th, right? No, the fourth verse would be the branch of, or uh, root of Jesse or the branch of Jesse. The fifth verse talks about key of David. But isn't David from the branch of Jesse? Yes, but they're two different verses. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Then what you're saying is that of the seven great O antiphons, we're missing one of them? Well, there are two different antiphons. The first one begins with a root of Jesse. The next one begins with key of David. They're both talking about the same Emmanuel, and he is descended from David. But there's, there's two antiphons devoted to that truth. So Jesse, where did he come from? He was the father of King David. Right. And he and was from, oh, he was, he was a descendant of uh, uh, Boaz and Ruth. Excellent. Yes. That if the story of Ruth is understood as something you say for marriages, you've missed really the point that the real story of Ruth is that God continues the line to Jesus. For if Ruth had not married Boaz, the line to Jesus would have been broken. Yeah, and it's interesting. In the line of Jesus, God, in his infinite wisdom, chose to include Ruth, who was actually a descendant of the pagan Moabites. Yes, a Gentile. Yeah, she isn't the only one listed uh, in those who come into Jesus. Yeah, there's also Rahab the harlot of Jericho. Exactly. Yes. Well said. All right. If you'll read then stanza five. Stanza five. O come thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. What's the path to misery it's talking about? Well, it's in that antiphon, key of David, it says, come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death that's the path of misery is eternal death not just not just physical death but eternal death in hell yeah and the misery that occurs here on earth are the many people who think that the way you can 
merit heaven is by doing good works, and the harder they try, the worse it gets. Yes, that's why it says it refers to prisoners who are in darkness. Uh, that's that's darkness. Thinking that you can earn your own way to heaven. That's that's uh, that is absolute darkness. And yet, there's so many false religions that are under that darkness. And darkness refers to the kingdom of Satan rather right. than the kingdom of light, which would be Jesus Christ. Right. So he opens wide our heavenly home. And he did that on the night of the resurrection when he first met with the disciples. And what did he say to them that opened heavenly home to us? He said, whosoever... Whosoever sins you yes. remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. And that's what we call the office of the keys. Jesus brings the office of the keys to open heaven and he does that by means of the forgiveness of sins. Yes, which we have in the means of grace, uh, the gospel, uh, baptism, and the Holy Supper. Yes, I'm uh, completing the Advent theme this year that I'm preaching at four congregations, and that is baptism. And uh, tonight I'm answering a question you don't believe somebody that that baptism is a prerequisite for going to heaven, do you? Well, it's it, it, it's 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 not absolutely necessary, but it's a, it's a precious means of grace that you wanted wouldn't want to be without. But and you, and everybody, the thing about baptism, and... baptism, you can be sure. You know, I've just been given a, a, a brand new grandson. Just yesterday was born, and oh, we're going to baptize him as soon. We're going to baptize him as soon as possible because we know we know once that infant is baptized, you can be absolutely certain that that child is an heir of heaven and a child of God. No doubts whatsoever. Who would not and, want that for their child? And was he named Mark? No, I don't think we've got a name yet. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes. Knowing your family, I can believe it. <laughs> no, well, it's we're very okay. thankful. You can use Thomas. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. We'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, one of my, uh, well, my son's first child, um, that his middle name is Thomas Albert. So that was kind of interesting. Uh-huh. All right, stanza six, please. Okay. Yes, stanza six. O come thou dayspring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Okay, O come thou dayspring. That may be a word not understood by children. How would you explain that? Well, uh, another another way of thinking about this is the the Son of Righteousness arising with healing in His wings. He is dayspring. He is he's the new dawn, so to speak. He's uh, it, it, instead of the the night of darkness, sin, and yes. death, we have uh, we have the dayspring from on high. We've got um, uh, Christ Himself giving us light, the light of eternal life through His gospel. 
Uh, sometimes we talk about the morning star. Right. Same thing. Bright morning and, star, right. And then you see the antiphon very close. O day springs splendor of light everlasting. Come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. So what would it mean to enlighten those in darkness? Uh, the light of of eternal life through Christ yep. uh, dawns on us. Uh, you know, it's interesting that that antiphon has the same idea as the previous one. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in the darkness and shadow of death is the previous antiphon. And then this one says, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. I wonder why they, they repeat that idea, but it's a little bit different. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and come and enlighten those who sit in darkness. Because the way we're rescued is that we become enlightened. You know, when you hear something that you hadn't heard before, and said, boy, that's an enlightening fact and make it more clear. So when Jesus preached, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and he showed it was by his crucifixion and resurrection and ascension that he is the way into heaven, that enlightens us. And guess what? We're rescued from darkness and the shadow of death. Yeah, yeah. It not only, it has, not only has the power to enlighten us, but it, it does save us. The gospel itself saves us. Jesus Christ. Yes, you, you mentioned it was the means of grace. Right. All right. Would you read stanza seven? Stanza seven. O come desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad divisions cease, and be thyself our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So, what sad divisions need to cease? Well, I'll tell you what, that's very uh, very timely for us today, isn't it? We, we think just yep. of our, uh, think of just of our own country, and of course there are divisions all over the world, but uh, even our own country is wracked by uh, terrible division and, and uh, uh, disagreement. And, and, uh, and a lot of it is over the teachings of the Bible. Right. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, you've got uh, you've got people who think that abortion should be defended, and uh, it's, yep. it's almost a, like it's that. almost a sacrament to them. Yes. And of course, uh, we, we Christians, by and large, uh, disapprove of abortion. It's it's a scourge. That's just one division, and there are many. Number seven that you just read talks. Oh, come, desire of nations. And that doesn't mean just Christians, but it's also the desire of people in the world that they could be having a more better assurance that salvation could come to them. Yeah. And that desire is kind of built into us. That's why religions are formed all over the world, because there's a desire to have Absolutely. a God who's almighty and will save us, but they just, many of them cannot stomach that Jesus had to die on the cross because they don't think their sins are that bad. 
Yeah. And then there are many, there are many people that just don't, have never heard the name Jesus. They have never heard the gospel. And that's why it, it befalls us Christians to do the Lord's work and get out and get the good news out. You're right. There are many people living in darkness and, and, and sadly, many dying every day in it. And that's why we need to get the, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came for all, for all nations. Yes. And notice how it ends. Be thyself our king of peace. What were the words that Jesus said to the disciples on the first night of the resurrection? He said, peace be with you. And that, and that, of course, he was saying that to the disciples who were all basically ashamed and afraid of how, of how they ran and hid at the time of his crucifixion. And he, he wants them to know, hey, I've restored peace between you and, uh, and my heavenly Father. You're, you're reconciled. You're redeemed. Peace be with you. Don't be mad at yourself. Don't be ashamed. Your sins are all atoned for. Yes. And that's a, a good way of completing this study on O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. When I first saw the title, I thought it was a Christmas hymn. But it's not. Yeah, no, this, this is for Advent. Yes. And what does Advent mean? Uh, Advent means coming. Yes. Our Savior coming to us. So, last Sunday for Advent and then the following week Christmas Eve Christmas Day and the first Sunday after Christmas thanks so very much Pastor Smith tomorrow's Law and Gospel on Law and Gospel CFW Walther will look at another point he makes in order to bring us comfort until then God bless you Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.